Good day, good day, my friend. Pastor Daniel Dagan here, Hope Apostolic Church in sunny southwest Florida, coming to you on our podcast, Timely Words of Hope. We pray that this podcast finds you and yours doing well. And on that note, I would like to pray together. Can we join together our voices and our faith as we pray over this podcast and your life and the situations you're facing today? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, mighty God, for your grace, for your mercy, for your love and your kindness. Thank you for those that help us with this podcast. I pray God use these moments of Bible study, devotional God, to encourage those that would listen and watch. And God, in all things, be exalted in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. I want to talk to you today for just a few moments from the subject of the spirit of Antichrist. The spirit of Antichrist. I'll draw your attention into 1 John chapter 4, verse 3 and verse 4. We are engaged in a fierce spiritual battle today. On July 4th is when we're recording this episode, though it will post the third week of the month. We are engaged in a fierce spiritual battle for the soul of our country. A country that was founded on Judo-Christian values. People that with deep conviction, convictions that they were willing to die for, came and started and sought after, yea, a more perfect union. And now we've come full circle. And we are in post-modern America. Now a country that has turned its heart away from God. And a spirit of sexual perversity, wickedness, now is taking hold of, it seemed to be, the very fiber and foundation of our country. From Hollywood to media to the political arena to the highest offices of land, corporations, businesses now actively propagating an anti-God agenda, an anti-God platform. We are dealing with the spirit of Antichrist, not just in America, but yea, globally. We are dealing with this spirit of Antichrist. And it is unraveling the truths and the biblical truths that this country was founded upon. Consider what it says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 3. I'll, I'll just hasten to the latter part of verse 3. John writes this, and it's one of the last things that is written in the New Testament, the canonized New Testament. Some was around 90, 95 A.D. And John makes a statement in verse 3 of 1 John. This is that spirit of Antichrist whereof ye have heard. Prior to this, The church, God's ecclesia, the body of believers, had heard, had been warned and cautioned of the time in which the spirit of Antichrist 
an anti-God, an anti-Bible, an anti-truth spirit was going to come. It would rise up among the people and it would begin to pollute the mind of people. It would begin to defile the spirits of people. It would begin to establish, yea, that first relationship after God's relationship with man. It would begin to attack that first relationship that God established, that between a man and a woman. John tells them that this is that spirit of Antichrist that you have heard about. He says that you have been told that it would come, it should come. Well, he's asserting now that it is here. It is even now already in the world. Well, that was some 2,000 years ago or so. If that was his assertion then, how much the more now? We are in a day now where the hearts of men are waxing cold. Sin is, yea, becoming worse and worse. As Scripture says in the last days, they would invent evil. Men's hearts would fail them for fear. There is a wickedness and an evil, a perversity in this hour that has never been equaled, has never been paralleled, where in some of the largest cities in America, drag queens, in a lustful tone, marched down our streets declaring, Boldly, and it is propagated by many in the media, that we are coming for your children. That is a perversity that I don't read about even in Sodom and Gomorrah. That is a perversity that I do not even read about in the days of Noah. Yea, I believe that the men of Sodom would blush with some of the wickedness and the perversity that we are observing daily in America. And yea, around the world. It says in verse 4, there's hope, friend. Where sin abounds, grace doeth much more abound. There's going to be light, as Zechariah says in Zechariah 14. There's going to be light and hope in the evening time. Not come with a negative message. But I am a realist. I do see the prophetic signs of the time. Being fulfilled day by day. But it is not the plan of God that we would disconnect and disengage and go hide somewhere in the middle of a desert. But it's the purpose of God that the church in this hour would rise and be the voice of hope. That the church would rise and be the salt of the earth, the light of the world, the greater the darkness, the brighter the light of God within us. To God be the glory will shine and impact a lost and a dying world. Twice over the last two days, I've had individuals tell me that I want to be part of, I want to be part of a church, a congregation, a body of believers, where when I go and I'm in sin, the presence of God, the Spirit of God, the witness of God among the people, and the Word of God, will convict me because sin in my life and will draw me into a place of a more intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Two people that would not be recognized as Christian by most 
told me that. And God is doing a great work in their life and working on them from the inside out. Friend, we live in a hour that provides God's church a tremendous opportunity. But we are dealing with and contending with a fierce spiritual enemy, the spirit of Antichrist. We are engaged in a fierce spiritual battle, spiritual warfare. Notice what he says in verse 4 of 1 John 4. Ye are of God, little children. You have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He identifies them as little children. I think that shines a spotlight upon the truth that our strength is not in a physical man. Our strength is not even in our spiritual longevity in serving God. But our strength is because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We won't win this battle because of our physical strength. We won't win this battle because mind over matter. We won't win this battle because of intellectualism or because of pure knowledge of the Bible. All of those things have their place and they're good. Certainly they are. But we win this battle with the spirit of Antichrist in this dark hour, in this last late hour, because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Consider, as I talk about the spirit of Antichrist today, consider what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 5 down to verse 7. It's striking to me how this passage closely overlays with what it says in 1 John 4, 3 and 4. Again, 1 John 4, 3 speaks of the spirit of Antichrist, this lawless, wicked spirit. And then he admonishes the saints of God to have the knowledge that you can go forward because great is he that is in you. I think that's a direct reference to the Holy Ghost. Well, likewise, as that passage in 1 John 4 highlights Our enemy, yea, what we're fighting, spirit of Antichrist. Our strength, God in us, the spirit in us. Likewise, this passage in 2 Thessalonians 2, 5 to 7, does the same thing. This is Paul now writing unto the church. He says in 2 Thessalonians 2, 5 to 7, Remember ye not that... When I was yet with you, I told you of these things. As John done, Paul is reminding them of things that they've heard. Seems like a reoccurring thing to me. In this hour of facing wickedness and trying to be the men of God and the women of God that the Lord has called us to be. We cannot just live in the present. We have to allow the Holy Ghost to bring back to our memory all things that God has told us. we got to remember the promises of God. Remember the testimonies. Remember the truths that's been established in us. Hold to those things. Both writers. In painting a picture of the spiritual battle. 
both John and Paul admonishes us to remember the things that we've been told. He goes on in verse 6, 2 Thessalonians 2. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. The one that's going to be revealed is the Antichrist, the son of perdition, the person, the one world leader. But he says that you know now that one that withholdeth, in other translations beyond the King James Version, that one that withholdeth is described as he that letteth will let. Other translations, it's described as the restrainer, the Holy Ghost, working in and through the church today. He says that there's a restrainer, the Spirit of God, that is holding back this great, great, great wickedness from being unleashed. I do agree, as we consider the previous decades, previous generations, each decade, each generation successively, It gets worse and worse. That's biblical. But I also see that there is a wickedness in the spirit world that's coming. That's not yet been unleashed. There is a perversity in the spirit world that's not yet been released. In many places in America, there are martyrs that are being killed for their faith. But the vast Majority of places in the world, in America, we can still to some semblance practice our faith, certainly in the West, in North America, still on this great day today, Independence Day. Even with all the wickedness that has taken place and is being propagated, we still can gather for an online Bible study. We can still gather in great houses of worship. So there is a wickedness in the earth, in the world today. But there's a much greater wickedness that's coming. And as John says, that you have a great power in you that's helping you. He's writing to the Spirit-filled church, the Spirit of God in you that's helping you. Greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world. Paul is echoing or saying much the same thing here. That The Holy Ghost, the restrainer, it's holding it back. But there will come a time that the Holy Ghost will be taken away. Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost, begins the church. The Spirit raptures the church up, takes the church up, closes the church age, if you will, the church dispensation. When the Spirit's taken away in terms of people being filled and having the experience of speaking in other tongues as a sign you've been filled with the Spirit. When that experience stops, when the Spirit takes the church or raptures the church away, then this great wickedness will be released. The Antichrist will be revealed. The day's coming. Daniel talks about it as the beginning of the seven years of tribulation, Daniel's 70th week. The Spirit will still be in operation in the earth, still moving as it was from the beginning in Genesis. But the baptism of the Spirit speaking in tongues begins with the church age and ends with the church age. And he says that that restraint of the Holy Ghost is, is holding things back. And then it says in verse 8, says in verse 7, 
For the mystery of iniquity, 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doeth already work. Well, again, study the two passages side by side. In 1 John 4, 3, it's called the spirit of Antichrist. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 7, it's called the mystery of iniquity. In 1 John 4, 4, he says, great is he that's in you. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 5, 2, 6, it speaks of the restraint of the Holy Ghost in you, holding things back. The Holy Ghost in the church, working in and through the church, holding things back today. There's a great wickedness. Call it the spirit of Antichrist. Call it the mystery of iniquity. Call it Satan and demons. But even in this hour, God's help is for us. And God is here to strengthen us, to help us, to shield us. Great is he that's in us, the Holy Ghost in us. Working in and through the church today, holding things back. Operating, the Spirit's operating, speaking to people. And then it goes on to say that then when the Holy Ghost raptures the church, it's taken away. Then the wicked one will be revealed. Let me take it now to one more place in scripture for our next few moments as I finish up today. It's a familiar passage in Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. And when you're studying Daniel chapter 10, Daniel and the choice men in Israel have been taken into Babylonian captivity. The choice Hebrews have been taken into Babylonian captivity. And now, as we come towards the end of Daniel, yea, Daniel chapter 10, Daniel now, the prophet of Israel, Hanani, Azariah, and Mishael, have been in bondage, yea, now nigh unto 70 years. And it's almost a time in which God is going to permit this season of the dispersing of the Hebrews to end and they will be allowed to go back to Jerusalem, reclaim the land, rebuild the temple, all of that. Well, now at the end of this time, Daniel 10, Daniel's engaged in a tremendous spiritual battle. Now, I don't want to go through all the intricacies of the passage and do a thorough exposition on it. I just want to pull out a couple highlights, things that he'd done that God honored, that enabled him to be victorious in the midst of the fierceness of this battle. I think it's interesting to point this out, that, that when we talk about the times of the Gentiles, and we talk about God's great revival in the church from Acts 2 forward, in the midst of the times of the Gentiles in which God turns his attention from Israel to the Gentile people, the dogs are engrafted in, the second branch is brought in, as Paul writes about in Romans 10 and Romans 11. Well, it's been said, and I do agree with it as a type or a semblance of the beginning of the times of the Gentiles. When you go back and you study, I won't go there, but let me use this as a launching point in the Daniels 10. When you go back and you study Nebuchadnezzar's dream and and the image and how 
It represents five kingdoms. He says unto Nebuchadnezzar, to study for another time, but he says unto Nebuchadnezzar, thou art the head of gold, Babylon. Thou art the head of gold. Well, Babylon clearly was a heathen Gentile nation. And it's been said that was the beginning of the confrontation with the times of the Gentiles and the Gentiles versus the people of God and the heathen sense of Gentiles. And then God begins to give Israel the victory over them. You could trace it back to Assyria. You could trace it back to Egypt. But, but this is the beginning of the picture of the image ahead of gold Babylon. And now we see the nation of Babylon rise to a global level. And from that point forward, when you, when you speak of the Medo-Persian Empire, you speak of the Grecian Empire, you speak of the ancient Roman Empire, the Gentiles from that point forward really emerge on a global level, consistently on a global level till the end of the New Testament. Well, in the midst of that, Daniel's dealing with the great wickedness because of the rise of the Gentile nations. He's dealing with the great spiritual wickedness, idolatry, and all the things you read about the book of Daniel. The lion's den, the fire furnace, all of that with the Hebrews. Well, we come now to a climax of that spiritual battle between spiritual wickedness and the people of God. Daniel representing is a great prophet of Israel, the people of God. And Daniel faces and gets through this spiritual battle. And I think the way he gets through it and the things that he does and how God honors it, I think is intricately important to us being victorious over, yea, the spirit of Antichrist, the lawless one, the mystery of iniquity, the spirits that we're facing today that Paul writes about in Ephesians 6, spiritual wickedness in high places. Consider some of the things that he does as he faces this great stronghold and this controlling spirit as it's talked about in the book of Daniel, the prince of Persia over the kingdom of Persia. Notice what he does. It opens up in Daniel 10 and it tells us the first three or four verses that he finds himself fasting. He ate no pleasant bread. He abstained from such things. He's fasting. Giving himself to God. I don't think you fast five meals, five days, two weeks, and somehow you reach some great level of spiritual authority just because you fasted X number of meals. No. I think as you fast, you bring your flesh into subjection. You align your spirit. With the Spirit of God, you can be attuned to God, no longer controlled by the voices of the flesh and such like. I think that, that's kind of what's going on here. He's fasting. He's seeking God. But then as you go on, he begins to pray and talk to God. And, and in the midst of the prayer, God begins to show him some visions. Notice what it says in Daniel chapter 10, verse 8. Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision and there remained no sleep, no strength in me. Yea, I lost my comeliness. It had turned to corruption and I retained no strength. 
Yet in the midst of that, he heard a voice. Yea, in the midst of a deep sleep, he heard a voice. And a hand, verse 10, touched me. I came to my knees. And then it began to speak unto him, and it said, uh, Yea, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee. Stand up. And the angel of the Lord began to speak unto Daniel. So here's what I pull out of this. As he fasted, as he prayed and sought God, God released angels. We don't pray to angels. That's not scriptural. We don't worship angels. That's not scriptural. We pray to God. And God chooses to dispatch angels and use them at his bidding, at his good pleasure. So as Daniel, in the midst of dealing with this spiritual oppression, in the midst of dealing with uh, the people of God and trying to see uh, them recover from bondage and watch the house of God rise out of rubbish, he's praying and there's a great resistance that he's dealing with. Spiritual resistance, a prince of Persia, a demonic stronghold, a principality, over a region, over a municipality, if you will. And he's fighting against that spirit, that prince of Persia, that's reigning over the kingdom. And as he's praying, he's fasting, God dispatches an angel to come to him. And it says uh, multiple times, verse 7 on down to 11, he had no strength, there was no comeliness. He had lost all of that. But in that place, even he falls down, he's very weak, he's sickly. In that place, God sends forth an angel to touch him. Remember what it says of Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane? In the midst of his physical flesh, he prayed in the days of his flesh. That was not divinity that was weak, that was humanity that was weak. The days of his flesh, an angel of the Lord came to him and touched him and strengthened him. I believe in this hour of dealing with fierce spiritual attacks. God is going to release angels. There's going to be an encampment of angels. There's going to be an accompaniment of angels that aids the people of God. The angel of the Lord is encamped round about those that fear him. God is going as he done in the days of Daniel at the beginning of the global rise of the Gentile heathen powers. As God done in the days of Daniel, God is going to do in this last hour. God is going to strengthen his people. Yea, angels are going to touch and help us. God is going to strengthen us as we fast, as we pray, as we seek the face of God. And I can't finish the day without making this comment. As the angel now Michael, the prince of Daniel, the prince of Israel, this warrior angel comes. And Gabriel, as you read the previous chapters, Gabriel, the messenger, gives a message to Daniel. They say unto Daniel, we have come for thy words. Do not stop praying. The answer may not be as quickly coming as you desire it to come. It may be delayed. But you have to continue to pray on. Pray on. When the warrior angel Michael comes, ultimately prevails against the prince of Persia. 
the statements are made that we heard thy words from the first day, but he resisted us. That's the warrior angel of God. And he was engaged in a spiritual battle, a wicked spiritual battle with this prince of Persia, this demonic controlling spirit over this region. And the warrior angel said that they delayed us, but they did not stop us. That shows you the intensity of the battle. God is sovereign. I'm not potent. Yes. God could have stepped down in one moment and dealt with all of it. But he allowed the picture of the spiritual battle to play out. I think in part to show us the power of prayer. And to show us the importance of, of continuing to pray. Pray and don't faint. Pray and don't give up. Don't be weary. Continue to pray on. Continue to speak to God. God, I intercede for my family. I stand in the gap for my city. I stand in this place of prayer, God. The angel ultimately prevails because Daniel did not give up. Daniel did not break a fast. Daniel did not stop praying. Daniel did not stop crying out to God. And the angel says, I heard thy words. I have come for thy words. And ultimately gives them the victory. And, and it was noted in the scripture in verse 21. And, and the statement is that the angel admonished Daniel to go back and note what is in the scriptures. What is in the scriptures. Did you catch it? Just like John, as I finished, just like John says in 1 John 4, 3, this is what we spoke about, the spirit of Antichrist. Remember what you were taught. That's what you're dealing with. Just like Paul says in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 5 down, this is what we've been speaking of. They both made references to previous lessons, previous verses. In Daniel's day, the angel Michael, the warrior angel, prince of Israel, the angel Gabriel, the messenger angel, show up. And in Daniel 10, verse 21, they reminded Daniel to take note of what was in the scriptures. That's what you're dealing with. We overcome in this hour. You and I individually, God's collective church will be victorious, no question. It is predestined and preordained to be a victorious church. The whole, the collection of the saints of God. We as individuals will overcome and be victorious and be more than conquerors and be more than overcomers if we hold to the truths that great is he that's in us, the Holy Ghost, that power, that dudamist power. He's going to help us. He's going to work through us. Yes, there's wickedness on every hand, to my left, to my right. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. You have to hold to that with the conviction. We have to pray on. We have to pray on. We have to pray on. Do not stop praying. Lift up your voice to God. And know that in the midst of your prayers, there is a war going on in the spirit world. We prevail. We prevail. If we keep praying on, don't give up. Fast. Seek God. And as important as any, note what's in the scriptures. Hold to what's in the scriptures. 
Remember what's in the scriptures. Because all of this around us, these thoughts, fiery thoughts of the wicked one, the darts that come, they can intimidate us and confuse us and dilute our way of thinking. That's what we have to hold to and remember and stand in the scriptures. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass. Every jot, every line, every tittle, every precept, none of it falls to the ground. God will fulfill it. We rise. We'll be victorious over the spirit of Antichrist by the power of God. In Jesus' name. Let's pray. The name of Jesus, mighty God. I thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. The greater force that is in us, working through us and in the church today, that is holding back a great measure of the wickedness and the perversity. I know, God, that you will do greater things through us in this last hour through the church. I know, God, that you will pour out your spirit on all flesh in this last hour. I know, Lord God, that in the evening time there will be light. And the latter rain will be greater than the former and the latter rain together for thy glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, friend, it's my honor to come to you again on our podcast, Timely Words of Hope, a podcast of Hope Apostolic United Pentecostal Church. Brother Shane Dutton, Brother Louis Arroyo, all the leaders that puts this together. We so appreciate them. And it posts to a number of platforms, all the podcast platforms, the first Tuesday of every month, today at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Not this episode, but another episode taught by another one of our ministers in our church will post. And then every third Tuesday of the month, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, an episode that I'm honored to teach will post. I pray you watch these, share these, send comments. Thank you so much. You can directly contact me at pastordagan at gmail.com. God bless you. Thank you so much. Bye now.